I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 421. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Have you ever had the privilege of praying for someone else? Uh, The act of lifting up a prayer to God on behalf of someone else is called intercessory prayer. And this week's song, In Jesus' Name, God of Possible, by Katie Nicole, well, it's an intercessory prayer. The song itself is. And the song is really powerful. And the prayer it sings is powerful. And there's reasons for that. But intercessory prayer is effective and prevalent throughout scripture. And that is what we will use to inspire our study this week. As we prepare to dive into God's word, let's listen. I pray for your healing. The circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee. In Jesus' name, I pray that a breakthrough would happen. Let me begin by saying there is no gift of intercession. As followers of Christ, we are all called upon to intercede for a variety of people and needs. And I'm going to give you a quick list. We're called to intercede for all in authority. That's found in 1 Timothy 2. For ministers, our pastors and and ministers, Uh, that's found in Philippians 1. For our friends, Job 42, fellow countrymen, Romans 10, the sick, James 5, enemies, Jeremiah 29, those who persecute us, Matthew 5, those who forsake us, 2 Timothy 4, and all men, 1 Timothy 2, all men. There you go. We're called to intercede for all people. In fact, let's go ahead and read the immediate context of 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. Again, this is Paul's first letter to Timothy, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. And then he goes to clarify, even the people in charge, right? Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. So we serve a Savior who gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. So we should be praying for everyone. 
But let me clarify, we're not required to pray for everyone at all times. God has placed you in a family, in a church, in a community, in a workplace that is unique to you. So you have the privilege of lifting up prayers on their behalf. So don't be overwhelmed by all the people you don't know. Be committed to pray for the needs of those who've been entrusted to you. When when he says everyone in your world, it's all kinds of people. It's not just one category. Another thing I want to point out is that just as we read in verse, uh, we as we read in verse five of First Timothy two, I want to read it again. There's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. So when you pray, you pray in Jesus's name, just like our song models. And we don't pray in the name of anyone else. We don't call on anyone or anything else to mediate. We have one mediator. But don't take my word for it. Read John chapter 14. Read John chapter 16. Jesus instructs his disciples there to ask for things in his name. And again, 1 Timothy chapter 2 reminds us that we have one mediator. We are not to pray in the name of anyone else but Jesus. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, the author reminds us of one of Jesus's mediatorial titles, High Priest. So it says, beginning in verse 14, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, remember, the high priest was a spokesman for the people to God. So he made intercession on behalf of the people and prayed for them. And additionally, the priest offered sacrifices to God for the people. Again, the high priest was a mediator between God and his chosen people. So Jesus, as our great high priest and mediator between God and a believer, his chosen people, Jesus is that mediator. And because Jesus is our high priest, we can draw near to God's throne of grace to pray. So we pray in Jesus's name because he told us to, but we also pray in his name because our name doesn't have any authority. (laughs) You know, a few episodes back, we studied the Great Commission where we learned that all authority has been given to Jesus. So we pray in his name. We pray in the authority that goes with that name. And then we have the right to pray in that name if we're a disciple of Christ. So we had a great discussion at church this week about the doctrine of sola fide, faith alone, that we come to salvation by faith alone. Uh, but we were we were just talking about how salvation is not a heaven card in our pocket. We don't come to salvation through uh, uh, and then and then just turn and, and live life like we weren't saved at all and not follow Christ. That's not salvation. We don't come to salvation through faith and works. God grants us salvation by faith through grace, and the overflow of that is a life designed for good works. Uh, you can explore that area of scripture in, in Ephesians, and we we did that uh, a few episodes ago, episode 415. Go check that out. But at salvation, I'm not just a believer, but a follower of Christ, a disciple. I bear the name of Christ as his disciple. I am his representative and ambassador. I am his, and he is mine. Again, I have the right to pray in the name of Jesus as his disciple. 
But uh, Christ cannot be separated from his nature. So when you study the names of God, you learn who God is because his names declare his character and nature, right? So to ask in Jesus's name is to ask according to his nature. And Christ's nature is one of submission. And this, by the way, is is why prayers that that ask for things contrary to, to the word of God will never be answered. You know, First uh, John chapter five verse fourteen reminds us. It says, "This is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." And and James four adds even more. It says, "You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions." So we are all intercessors. And we need to pray for all kinds of people. And we pray in the name of Jesus, our only mediator. And we pray in his will, which is revealed through scripture. And so we come to our first bite today. If you don't know what to pray, pray scripture. Now, BITE, uh, B-I-T-E, is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And praying scripture is an amazing go-to bite. It's the perfect way to pray in God's will. So when you do that, though, just be sure you're not taking things out of context when you pray scripture. For example, uh, it's true. God's word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But in the context, Paul is talking about that being the key to being content in all circumstances. So if you're praying for God to give you the strength to be content, that's your verse to pray. If Should you not pray for God to strengthen you? That's not what I'm saying. Just don't claim it as a promise out of context. Don't say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but I'm not going to be content until he does the thing that I'm asking for. You see, that would be uh, not praying according to his will and according to scripture. Now, another bite I want to use this week is to read larger chunks of scripture. So, so far on the episode, we've bounced around a few verses to lay the foundation, but I would like to explore an intercessory prayer that we find in scripture, and I'd like to explore that together, okay? So let's head over to Daniel chapter 9. I wish I could read the entire prayer to you today, and then we could break it apart bit by bit. Um... I don't have time for that, but I read in an article that I'll link in the show notes that this prayer has all the elements of true intercessory prayer, and it does. I'm really excited to show it to you. I'll list out the elements. I'll point back to this prayer, but it really, um, it will mean so much more. Even if you pause, go listen to the prayer on audio version or something, or go read it, Daniel chapter nine, and then come back. You'll get more out of it, Um, or listen to this episode, go study the prayer, and then maybe look at the show notes and uh, remind yourself of these points. But I really want you to read and meditate on the prayer for yourself this week. Again, it's a model for intercessory prayer in your own life. Here are the elements. It's a prayer in response to the word of God. It is a prayer characterized by fervency, It is a prayer characterized by praising God for who he is. It is a prayer strengthened by confession. It is a prayer dependent upon God's character. And it is a prayer where the ultimate goal is God's glory. So before we hop around in this prayer, there are a few verses of Daniel 9. Uh, just let's just read the first couple before just to lay the foundation. So it says it, it was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. 
Now, if you want to follow the bites, uh, bite of understanding the historical context of what was going on in history at that time, that would be really interesting. You have your marker now. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. So you could go kind of figure that out. Years ago, I watched uh, The Book of Daniel on Netflix. I, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. I'm sure you can locate where to rent or stream it. But it was so profound to think that Daniel was just a boy, maybe maybe a teenager, when he was captured and brought to Babylon. And he, he served many kings during his time there. It, it was a lifetime. So at the time of the writing of this prayer, scholars believe he would have been in his early 80s. And the movie kind of helped me remind me that uh, of that perspective and kind of put flesh on it and remember remind me that he was a real person that lived and uh that this should change the way you read this chapter if you want to know some of what led up to this prayer you can start in daniel chapter one and read all the way through chapter nine to get a perspective of the life of daniel lived up to that point and that's taking the bite of reading in context by the way my favorite um but at 80 years old daniel is studying scripture And then this prayer is an outpouring of his time in God's word. Again, during the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. I love that. Daniel learned something from reading the word and he turned that into prayer. Um, Our prayers should be in response to the word. God's promises invite our prayers and participation. Daniel is basically asking God to do the thing he promised. Some scholars think that the prayer is about three years before the 70 years that God had declared Jerusalem would lie desolate. But that fact doesn't deter Daniel from fervently praying. And then that leads us to that next element of intercessory prayer. It should be fervent prayer. Verse 3 says, So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. That was like a symbol of mourning. And it verse 17 says, Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. Uh, to be frank with you, sometimes I get a little checklisty with my intercessory prayers. Um, I think that's why I was so drawn to this this song this week. I actually watched the music video for our song, and it moved me so much. See, Katie is standing in the front yard of a family just falling to pieces, and she is singing this intercessory prayer song over them. There's a fervency in this song, and there should be a fervency in our prayers for others. Now, our prayers should also be characterized by praising God for who he is. So right out of the gate, verse four, I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. So just like Jesus's model prayer, this prayer honors the name and the character of God. And if you're not spending time praising God for who he is in your prayer time, I encourage you to start now. If you just jump right into the list, I encourage you to step back and praise God for who he is. So as you read God's word and as you follow the bite of starting with God, that's a a practice that I've used in previous episodes. I think uh, 413 and 399, we talk about starting with God. But you uncover characteristics of God that you can use in your prayer time even your intercessory prayer time. In fact, we can take Daniel's prayer right here in chapter nine and use it in our own prayers. This would be an example of praying scripture also, but we can literally start our next prayer 
O Lord, you are great and awesome. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. Now that is a powerful way to start a a conversation with our loving Heavenly Father. So our prayers should be an overflow of our time in God's word. They should be characterized by fervency. Begin with praising God for who he is and now strengthened by confession. So you can see in this example in verses 5 through 15, I'm not going to read all the verses now, but let's look at verses 5 and 6 just to get a taste of what I'm talking about. In this section, Daniel is confessing when he prays. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Now, if you, if you read all of Daniel up to this point, you might argue that Daniel did not scorn God's commands and regulations. So why would he say we, we have sinned and done wrong? Well, Daniel recognizes that no matter how faithful we are, we still sin against God. You know, John points out that if we say that we are without sin, we're only fooling ourselves. And Daniel also recognizes that while he is an individual follower, he is also a member of God's holy chosen family, the people of Israel. Just like we are, as, as believers of Christ, are members of God's holy chosen family. So be bold in your confession of sin. Be specific. Don't include, don't forget to include yourself. So our prayers should be an overflow of our time in God's word, characterized by fervency, begin with praising God for who he is, now strengthened by confession, and then dependent upon God's character. So the power to answer the prayer is with God. (laughs) So when I take the bite of making a list of the character of God as revealed in this prayer in Daniel 9, this is what I see. These are a few things on my list. You may see more. God is great and awesome. He is a promise keeper. He is steadfast in love. He is righteous, merciful, forgiving, and he is our rescuer. So our intercessory prayers for others are dependent upon God's character. And God's character can stand up to our needs. Our great and awesome promise keeping steadfast in love God who is righteous and merciful and forgiving can rescue us. So call on God's character in your prayers like Daniel does here in chapter nine. Finally, the goal of our intercessory prayer is God's glory. Wait, I thought the goal of the intercessory prayer was for God to give us what we're asking for. Now, remember, we're to pray in God's will and then surrender to it. Isaiah 43 says, God declared, this is what God is declaring over us, that we are called, in God's words, called by my name and created for my glory. So Daniel's example reflects an understanding of this. Listen to how he ends his prayer. At the end of verse 18, we make this plea, not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. O Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay. Oh, my God, for your people and your city bear your name. We bear his name. His fulfillment of his promises to his children does bring him glory. So it is good to call on those. But it is for his glory that he acts, 
not our own. Now, do we get the benefit of it? Yes, but we've got to get our hearts right. It is for his glory alone. So there you have it. Our prayers should be an overflow of our time in God's word, characterized by fervency, begin with praising God for who he is, strengthened by confession, dependent upon God's character with the ultimate goal of God's glory. Now, before I completely wrap up, I want to encourage you to read just a little bit further. Daniel seems to continue praying beyond the portion recorded for us because in verse 20, he says, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. But listen to this in verse 21. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I've come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. You see, God was answering Daniel's prayer because he was precious to God. Was Daniel precious to God because he was a legend of the faith? No, because he was a child of God pleading and interceding before his rescuer. And you are precious to him. He longs to answer your intercessory prayers on behalf of others. So what's next? Acknowledge your role as an intercessor, as one who is called to pray on behalf of others. Use the scriptures included in the show notes just to consider the instruction to pray in the name and authority of Jesus, the only mediator between us and God. And then finally, spend some time reading and meditating on Daniel's intercessory prayer in Daniel chapter 9. Consider journaling how you will commit to adjusting your prayer life to match the example and instruction you uncover. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear about what you're learning. You can email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we can talk about what you are learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, and you can check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And I would be honored if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneesat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes of all the scriptures I use. I link to any resources that I use in my personal study. So even if I don't mention it on the episode, I put it down in additional resources so that you can see the books and articles and commentaries and all the things that I'm using to prepare every week if that is what you're interested in. Now my free featured free resource this week is my 30-day music challenge, which is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. I walk you through it with one-minute videos each day. It's free. So head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 30 days challenge to take the challenge. If you change your music, it'll change your life. So with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Kate from Georgia and Angela from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website through iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And you can leave a review by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. I really appreciate it. And it helps me stay visible to new listeners. 
Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Kingdom Come by Rebecca St. James featuring For King and Country to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 421. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.